Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. And there is a lot to go over today. I don't want to linger too long on the Nashville stuff, but we do need to get to that. But before we do, um, a bit of news from earlier today. Uh, just want to make sure that y'all are aware a boil advisory is in effect for Lafayette Parish Waterworks District North customers due to an emergency water line repair. As a precaution, the water system is issuing a boil advisory effective immediately until further notice. The following customers are affected. Louisiana Highway 1252 at the intersection of Kidder Road. Eastbound Louisiana Highway 1252 to the intersection of 1252 and Magellan Road, including all of Clooney and Magellan Road. All affected customers are to disinfect their water before consuming, making ice, brushing teeth, or using it for food preparation or rinsing foods by doing the following. Boil water for one full minute in a clean container. The one minute starts after the water has been brought to a rolling boil. So if you live in that area, please note you are under a boil advisory for the time being. All right. So the big news of the day, the unavoidable news of the day is, of course, the shooting in Nashville. It is a very, very odd story. It's a horrible, devastating story, but it's also a deviation. And here's why. At this school, it was a, Nashville, it was a Presbyterian school, the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. Three children dead, three adults dead. The shooter also dead. The shooter is a 28-year-old woman. That is a statistical anomaly. And it's very odd. There's the the vast majority of school shootings are done by white males. Rarely do you have one by a female of any age range or demographic. This is strange. And there's not really a whole lot of information out on it right now trying to make sure that... Uh, that we're keeping on top of it. Again, let me just pull up the AP story so I can give you guys the latest on that uh, based on what the AP is saying. Oh, of course, it it's not letting me because that's what it does. Anyway, um, a 28-year-old female went to this school, opened fire, killed three kids. It's an elementary school, killed three kids and three adults. And got into a confrontation with police. Not not very clear on that one, but got into a confrontation with police. And was ultimately shot and killed by police. Um, here we go. Here's the AP story, finally. The... Uh, Authorities say the female shooter was wielding two assault-style rifles and a pistol that killed three students and three adults at a private Christian school in Nashville. Police believe the 28-year-old female shooter was a former student at the Covenant School, a Presbyterian school founded in 2021. The attack on the Covenant School, which has about 200 students from preschool through sixth grade, as well as roughly 50 staff members comes as communities around the nation are reeling from a spate of school violence, including the massacre of the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas last year, a first grader who shot his teacher in Virginia, and a shooting last week in Denver that wounded two administrators. 
The identities of the deceased and the suspect have not been released at this time. The shooter's motive was also not immediately clear. So, again, a deviation there in the fact that this was a 28-year-old woman. Originally, it said 18, but I guess the person just looked very young. They have now identified this as being somebody in their mid to late 20s. There is nobody. So let me go back. When there are events like these, there's a rule you should go by. The rule is 48 hours. Here's why. The Internet is a rumor mill. A bunch of gossip mongers, a bunch of rumor mongers, and a bunch of people that like to put out false information. The the rule exists for a reason. See, earlier today, Joe Biden came out and immediately demanded a ban on assault weapons, closing the background check loophole. The usual fare from the left whenever there's a shooting. What you need to keep in mind is that these, quote, assault-style weapons only account for about 3% of gun casualties a year. Well over 70% are due to handguns, and handgun violence is an epidemic in the country. And you see it a lot in large urban areas. But you don't know where this woman got the assault weapons. So to say that we need to do more to curb the sale of them, you don't know how they were gotten. Most of the time in these situations, these guns are ill-gotten. They are stolen. They were not purchased by that person. So no law would have prevented that person from getting it unless you do an outright ban on those weapons, which is never going to get through the, uh, the Supreme Court. But we are out now with political talking points within hours. That's just how it goes in this country. And there is no mention of the fact that, once again, it takes an extraordinary lack of basic social, um, basic emotional response, basic social response. It takes a complete detachment from the rest of society. And it takes mental illness to really bring you to the point where you can so callously throw away human life, like taking a gun to an elementary school. It's a mental health issue more than anything else. And it's never addressed as such. 232-1542, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines because I know that we've got some folks who want to take part in the show. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Yes, uh, Todd. I wanted to ask a question. You said the uh, shooter was a former student? So uh, That is according to the AP story. They, they believe that the shooter was a former student of the school, yes. 
and she's 28 years old, and the school was founded in 2021? Uh, no, 2001. Oh, okay. I got you. I, 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 I didn't understand. If I okay. said 2021, I'm sorry. It was 2001. Thank you, Todd. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's calling? Chris. Hey, Chris, what you got? Well, on on a shooter issue, you know, I guess that's part of where we are in this country at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have very poor upbringing, mental health. Nobody knows. They sit home for a couple of years for COVID, and, you know, you're not happy with the police, or we want to defund the police, we want to defund this, and we're surprised that we're getting what we're getting. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all know that, you know, if you take guns away, criminals will always have guns. Just law-abiding citizens won't be exactly, able to protect yeah. themselves. So that's really all I have to say. Thanks. All right, Chris, thank you very much for the call. Um, let's go ahead and take this break. More of your calls if you have any thoughts on it. And we'll get into the other news of the day as well here on the Joe Cunningham Show. 232-1542 or send a message to the KPL app. We're going to take this break and we'll be back in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the program. Um, I want to... If you want to call in about the shooting in Nashville, um, I'm I'm keeping you know social media feeds, news feeds open just in case any new information comes through. But there's some other stories of the day that I want to get to. I breaked a little bit early, so I'd have a few more minutes to get into one of them. So last week, the the big story of the or toward the end of the week was TikTok and the TikTok hearing, and I've shared my thoughts on that. Now, interestingly enough. Um, you know, I've mentioned before that I am a TikTok user. I am aware of the information they collect. But over the weekend, as I was just kind of scrolling through TikTok, I did notice something. There, the algorithm is pushing more anti-congressional hearing videos. It's a bunch of TikTok influencers who are uh, sharing a bunch of propaganda against that hearing, uh, getting that at a, at a much higher rate than you would expect an algorithm to present based on the type of stuff that I've been watching. But it is there. It is noticeable. I've picked up several of those videos and have repeatedly told TikTok, the algorithm, that I'm not interested in those videos and they still keep popping up. So there is a concerted effort by the company to push that propaganda out to try to save itself. But there's this from Axios. Americans are hooked on Chinese apps. In the past 30 days, four of the top 10 most downloaded apps in the U.S. across Apple's iOS stores and Google Play stores are owned by Chinese companies. Number one is Temu, an online retailer that has quickly become one of the fastest growing apps in the U.S., giving marketplaces like Amazon and Walmart a run for their money. TikTok continues to gain traction in the U.S. CapCut is a video editing app that is owned by TikTok's parent company, ByteDance. Sheen, that's S-H-E-I-N, is a fashion, a fast fashion giant based in Singapore but founded in China, one of the most downloaded e-commerce apps in the U.S. But there's a problem. Well, I'm not going to say there's a problem. There's a caveat here. 
While an increasing number of Chinese apps are becoming popular to download, these apps are struggling to provide American users with the same sense of daily utilities those made by U.S. companies. So, for example, Temu, T-E-M-U, is a fast-growing online retailer, but it still does not have the functionality that Amazon and Walmart apps do, particularly Amazon. It is very easy to find anything you want on Amazon. They make it very functional. Same with that Sheen, that fast fashion giant. It is much easier to find things on other American-based apps rather than that. TikTok and CapCut, they're fairly unique. uh, CapCut is not nearly as popular as TikTok, but CapCut is used in creating a lot of the video memes that are on TikTok. The the problem is, once again, any app that is that that runs through China that does any sort of business in China, their data goes to the Chinese government. The Chinese government has access to it, particularly ByteDance and TikTok. Because their servers are actually in China, anything that goes into China data wise is going to be in the hands of the Chinese government. That's just a fact. So you need to be very careful with that, which is why you don't want to be doing anything deviant on apps like TikTok because they, you know, if you are somebody who's deemed important enough to embarrass, they will embarrass you by releasing your public information or do something, your private information, or they will do something to hold that against you. That is how they're going to operate. The vast majority of Americans do not fall into that category, which is why the government is making sure to ban it on government devices so that can't be a compromising asset. But the larger problem that we're facing is that China is making aggressive plays in the American marketplace because China is trying desperately to gain the upper hand on the U.S. and to be a better competitor on the global stage. And as a result of that aggressive push, There are a lot of stories that have been floating around that you need to make sure you're aware of. China and Russia's budding friendship and the fact that a lot of people, on the left especially, are trying to downplay that, saying, well, it's it's, they're frenemies. They're not really friends. They're not enemies anymore, that sort of thing. These are two nations that want to push the West out of their spheres of influence, and they will work together to do that. Russia will gladly buy weapons from China to use against Ukrainians, and China will happily keep the world thinking that they are a great arms dealer helping out these other countries like Russia, and you dare not cross them or those weapons will be used against you. That's what China wants. China wants to bully their way into it. Over the weekend, there's a story that came out. Honduras, Central American country, Honduras, cut off its diplomatic ties with Taiwan. There were 14 nations, now there's 13, 14 nations, mostly scattered through Central and South America, that had diplomatic ties with Taiwan. China essentially bribed Honduras by promising them a major aid package if they would cut ties with Taiwan and recognize the one China policy, the policy that recognizes Taiwan as officially subservient to China. It is part of China and therefore it is not a separate nation. Now, those 13 remaining countries, like I said, largely in Central and South America, also Vatican City, which is the only uh, nation state in Europe that formally recognizes Taiwan, but the U.S. and other Western powers do unofficially have diplomatic ties with Taiwan, and that is something that 
really bothers China. But China is making these aggressive plays on the world stage, economically, online, and militarily, in order to try to gain the upper hand against America. They see America as a major threat. And America, time and time again, does not seem to consider the same out of China. 232-1542, let's take this break. We'll be back in just a moment right here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, talk about any of the news of the day. But I want to... Uh, I, y'all, I, I've listened to the clips from the Trump Waco rally, and I, I, uh, I wrote a column this weekend on the rally in Waco. Now, there's a piece up on KPL965.com that I put up a little while ago. Apparently, somebody driving to that rally had some sort of mannequin that was made out to look like Joe Biden on top of the car with with this mannequin bound and gagged, a Chinese flag like stuck in his jacket. Like it's just kind of creepy. Um not as creepy as the Kathy Griffin bloody head thing during the Trump years, but still kind of kind of creepy. Can we can we calm down a little bit? But anyway, um So I wrote this column at Red State and the the basic thrust of the argument is that the the Donald Trump that kicked off his campaign in Waco, Texas is a vastly different Donald Trump that came down that escalator in 2015. When Donald Trump came down that escalator, he kicked off a campaign where he was very very in tune with the with the wants, the desires of the Republican base and the American people in general. Remember, the economy wasn't that great. It had started recovering a bit, but it still wasn't that great. Immigration was still a big issue, not as big an issue as it is now, but still a pretty big issue. And the idea of stagnation and the status quo and the government by possibly electing Hillary Clinton, all that was a major concern for the American public. And Donald Trump very brilliantly hit on all of that. To his credit, Donald Trump ran a great campaign based on that, based on pulling people into, uh, pulling people that were Republican leaning into his voter pool and making sure to alienate Hillary Clinton enough that people on the, that were in the middle, maybe not committed one way or the other, decided they didn't really want a third term of Barack Obama's policies. They didn't really want another term of a Clinton in office. They were tired of the Clintons. They wanted something new and different. So Donald Trump won largely by people voting against Hillary Clinton, but he secured the Republican base by really making sure he talked about their issues. That was the 20, that was, when he began his campaign in 2015, when he came down to that escalator and all through 2016. Saturday night in Waco, Texas, it was not the same Donald Trump. 
the Donald Trump that held a campaign rally in Waco, Texas, is a Donald Trump that is focused solely on his personal grievances. The Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, Ron DeSantis, Joe Biden. He talked more about himself than he did inflation, immigration, those issues that Americans really care about right now. When we ended the show on Friday, I think it was, and I felt bad because there's a guy who called in earnestly said, um, you know what, I wasn't going to vote for Trump, but after this Manhattan DA stuff, I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to vote for him, that sort of thing. I understand that. I really do. I get that mentality. I don't begrudge anybody that. But the Donald Trump of the moment is not the same Donald Trump that a lot of people signed on for in the beginning. And I'm wondering if he's going to be able to sustain that same level of support going forward if he's not talking about those issues. He spent as much time or more attacking Ron DeSantis than he did Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of Manhattan, the guy behind the grand jury that's trying to indict him. That grand jury met again today after meeting after not meeting for several days last week. You know, Trump put out last weekend that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday. And he got a ton of support. He got a ton of money from that. And no arrest ever came. That was information that was solely put out by Trump and his people. The, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office never leaked that. Nobody else really leaked that. There was speculation that was given to Fox News that Trump then turned around and ran with, but it was speculation given to him by Trump, given to Fox by Trump's own attorneys. And again, to his credit, Donald Trump reaped a fortune out of it. He, he I think, received one to two million dollars in donations from last weekend to uh, Friday. But he's not focused on the issues the American people by and large want. If if Donald Trump wants to win, he cannot run the 2020 grievance tour again. And... What's amazing me right now is that had I written something like that six months ago, if I'd written something like that eight months ago, there would have been a lot of negative online comments. There would have been a lot of folks who comment at Red State and elsewhere who were completely trashing the premise of the article and and saying that I'm just an anti-Trump nobody and, and this, that, and the other. I've gotten that for years. But I'm not getting as much of that pushback now. And I realize that the internet is certainly not a true microcosm of of the voting public. But I can't help but notice that Donald Trump's most fervent supporters on the internet are not as vocal as they were. And I'm wondering if there's some sort of, of declining 
level of support there. They still support him. They still, they, they don't regret voting for him. But it sure seems like a lot of those loud voices are, are kind of tired of the antics and they want somebody who can, who can move forward. And as of right now, he just seems incapable of that. And this isn't a, a declaration that, that, that Donald Trump's dec- definitely going to lose or anything like that. People should abandon him. You guys know my thoughts. I'm not going to tell you one way or the other what to do. But I'm getting the sneaking suspicion just based on what I'm seeing that his most ardent supporters online, the loudest voices out there, aren't as loud as they used to be. And I'm wondering if that is in any way indicative of what might be happening among the general American population. Because if that holds up, here's the thing. Right now, Donald Trump is either tied with or beating Ron DeSantis in most polls. State-by-state polls kind of varies a little bit. Sometimes DeSantis is up, sometimes he's a little bit down, sometimes he's tied. In Florida, DeSantis is absolutely on top of Trump. There's no doubt about it. In other states, they're tied or, or Trump is ahead a little bit. But Ron DeSantis hasn't even declared. Donald Trump is the front runner right now. But here's something you need to know. At this point in 2005, every major poll was just Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani is the guy. That's the guy who is leading all the polls. He was, he's the guy with the most support. That's, it, it, he's the favorite right now. That's what everybody was saying in 2005. Rudy Giuliani is the favorite. And John McCain crushed him when it came down to it. And I'm not saying that Donald Trump is going to fall or that he's going to get crushed by anybody else. But Donald Trump is relying a lot on polling right now to make his case against Ron DeSantis, a guy who isn't even a candidate yet. And... The polls this time in 2005, the polls showed Rudy Giuliani was the favorite. So if they're showing Donald Trump is the favorite now, there's historical precedent for Donald Trump to actually be worried. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that should be the case. If I were on the Trump team, I would be worried and looking for a more coherent strategy. But again, I'm not on the Trump team. Now, he did successfully goad Ron DeSantis into responding. And then, you know, for, for, for weeks and weeks, everybody was like, why isn't Ron DeSantis responding? Why isn't Don, Ron DeSantis responding? And the moment he does, he, everybody's like, why is he he's attacking Trump? He's not loyal. It's a lose-lose situation for somebody like DeSantis. Meanwhile, you have all these other candidates who actually have declared, and they're getting nothing from it. There's nobody paying attention to them, which sucks for them. I just think that we're, we are looking at a bigger fundamental change among the Republican base. And I, I think a lot of forecasters are realizing right, everything is about Trump right now. Every headline is about Trump or DeSantis. That's it. If you are talking about general politics, the vast majority of the headlines right now are about Trump and or DeSantis. 
because that's who the political world is fixated on. Everybody expects Joe Biden to run again, and there's general news that covers them. But when you're talking about political news and analysts, everybody is analysis. Everybody's talking about Trump and Ron DeSantis. And I think that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake to say that Trump is an early favorite. I think it is a mistake to say that Donald, that Ron DeSantis is struggling. I think it's a mistake to say that none of these other guys really count or that they're running for vice president. I really think each and any one of them could have a shot depending on how the chips fall. But the one thing, the one constant that I'm noticing from November 2022 to now is that the fervor for Trump's vengeance tour has died down a lot. And I don't think that his vendetta is going to draw the levels of support that he needs to make it across the finish line. All right, 232-1542, let's go ahead and take this final break. Of course, your calls, your messages through the app chat, all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat, which is now telling me a 502 bad gateway, which means I need to refresh the page. I love the internet. So um, Chris from New Iberia weighs in on the app. DeSantis is a strong and respected candidate. Trump cannot do the name-calling junior high bit and expect everyone to be unified in the general election. I think that's probably part of the case, too. And I think that that's going to be, um, I think that's going to be a pretty big part of this going forward. Can Donald Trump move on? But also, can Ron DeSantis pivot away from the woke stuff and get into actual governance? I think he can, but there's a lot of people out there who are worried about it. Now, I want to switch gears because this actually ties in not just to some of this, but a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about lately. The Wall Street Journal has a poll. And you need to know these numbers. The poll tracked the national sentiment over the past 25 years on various topics Here are the percentages of Americans that deemed the following categories as very important in 1998 versus today. Patriotism. In 1998, 70% of Americans believed that patriotism was very important. In 2023, 38%. Almost halved. Religion. In 1998, 62% of Americans felt religion was very important. 62% of Americans in 1998 felt religion was very important. According to the Wall Street Journal poll, 2023, 39%. Having kids in 1998, 59% of Americans felt that having kids was important versus 30% today. Community involvement. I've been preaching to you guys a lot that I think we as a society need to get back to breaking bread together. Or down here, we need a couple crawfish boils together, left, right, and center. We just need to get together, peel some crawfish, have a good time. Leave politics aside. Let's just break bread together. 
be involved with our friends, our neighbors, our community. Community involvement in 1998, a little under half, 47% of Americans believed that community involvement was very important. Today, it's 27%. So again, patriotism in 1998, 70% of Americans felt it was very important versus 38% today. Religion, 62% of Americans in 1998 said it was very important, 39% today. Having kids, 59% in 98 versus 30% today. Community involvement, 47% in 98 versus 27% today. That's a big deal. That explains a lot of what's going on in our society. We have some healing to do. And I hope we can do it. All right, before I go, I do want to mention, because it's very important to me, the Magnet Academy of Cultural Arts in Opelousas is having a poetry slam. Student performers there, creative writers there, will be hosting a poetry slam. They will be presenting their poetry, skits, things like that. At the school, 6 p.m. on Thursday, it's $5 to get in. I highly recommend you going. It's not just because my wife's the teacher over there. It's a really good show every year. I enjoy going. I highly recommend you go, too. I might be promoting that a couple more times this week, so just be prepared for that. All right, that's it for me. 23 hours until I come back. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and catch me on email joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of the show is available, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Today's episode will be uploaded right after the show. Thank you guys for listening in. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.